0: You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Three Motors.
1: All right, welcome into another three mile pod. I am your host Cole Manbeck, joined as always by publisher and editor at K State Online over on the On Three Network, Derek Young. Once again, no John this week, and uh, Dy can attest that uh, John is very disappointed and frustrated that he was not able to uh, to join us this week for either episode. After K State was on the heels of a four game losing streak, and we didn't have a lot of positive things to talk about, and now we do on the heels of K-State's huge win against number four ranked Kansas on Monday night in Ramblage Coliseum and John Kurtz has not been able to uh, to do a pod with us.
2: We just we just let John melt down. We don't let him bask in the glory of wins. We're just we just let him melt down. And I feel
1: like John he's got maybe the more pessimistic reputation out of the three of us anyways, right? Yeah. So he used to be you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah I I've, I've tried to turn over a new leaf a little bit. At times I get down, but you guys bring me back up sometimes. So uh anyways, uh as always go get stocked up with your uh Ben Holiday bottled and Bond bourbon or 360 vodka, get your uh Super Bowl drinks ready to go for uh whatever Super Bowl watch party you might be having and uh, whatever beverages you're going to mix or make, I'd uh, pick up some 360 vodka or Ben Holiday bottled and Bond bourbon from our friends over at Holiday Distillery. Go support them as they always support us great K-State folks over there at Holiday Distillery. All right, DY, we're here to uh, we're here to talk a little bit of uh Kansas State BYU on Saturday, nine PM tip in Provo at the Marriott Center, one of the largest arenas in the country, nineteen thousand capacity, so uh should be one heck of an atmosphere. They always bring it to BYU and the, the fans pack that place. So looking forward to watching that one. I did uh I did have to throw out DY real quick, uh just a couple more numbers on that KU game before we dive into BYU, but I had tweeted these out the other night, you know don't want my time to be wasted too much. For those of you who are, not, who are not on Twitter they didn't see it, but one of the things that I thought was so impressive about the win over KU is K-State fell behind 11 in the first couple minutes of the second half, and I went back and went through all of KU's game logs over the last few years of when they led by double digits in the second half of games. and uh, In games coached by Bill Self, KU had won 51 consecutive games when they led by double figures in the second half, and uh, K-State obviously ended that streak on Monday night when they came back and won from 11 down in the second half and Bill self was is 9 and 1 in overtime games since uh, 2017 since February 2017 except for two games against Jerome Tang i guess a better way to say it is he is 9 and 3 in overtime games since 2017 and two of those losses are to Jerome Tang over the last couple of years so just incredible stuff uh by K-State and be able to come back and win that game so let's uh, let's turn over the table to uh, to BYU, DY, and maybe just to start, the significance of this game. I mean, what what are you what, how, how important is this one? I mean, K State's gonna be pretty heavy underdogs. Uh, I think Bart Torvik has K State around eleven point underdogs, projects a score of seventy six to sixty-five BYU. But BYU's lost a couple times at home. They lost seventy one to sixty to Cincinnati in uh in Provo and they also lost to uh to Houston which was a hard fought game and it was a one score game late but they lost at 75 to 68 those are a couple of their home losses it's a tough place to play in the altitude but what what do you make of this game and the significance of it for this Kansas State team coming off a huge win over KU
2: yeah I will We'll hide it from the viewers I know i told you beforehand byu might be the team I know the least about in the big 12 I just I haven't I think I've always seen them play start to finish one time hopefully there'll be more than that once game time gets here so i'll I'll be a little bit more informed I've seen bits and pieces of other stuff look i'm not gonna lie uh, this is a challenge of 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 us in the media right now uh, going forward in in the big 12. like some of these teams are one, you, you got a lot of teams to know a lot about, right? Like, it's no longer 10 teams. Now it's 14. Next year it'll be 16. And some of them play incredibly late. And I'm not a stay-up-late kind of guy most of the time. So I'm going to run into that problem. When we, when we have games in every single time zone uh, going forward, that'll be something that I have to navigate a little bit better than what I have so far this year. So I know the least about BYU. I know they like to shoot the three. Um That's why they were a perfect matchup for Iowa State. Iowa State likes to keep teams out of the paint and force teams into maybe what they would consider reckless three-pointers. But for BYU, that's the way they want to play. That's why BYU was a perfect matchup for Iowa State and kind of tossed the Cyclones around, um, one of their better wins on the season. So that's what I probably the extent, what I know about the Cougars. I know it's a tough place to play as well. The significance of the game is, look, I, I think I said it on our last show, Um, or I at least wrote about it multiple times so far. I agree with Jerome Tang to an extent that nine and nine gets them into the NCAA tournament. I think 99 gets you into a 50, 50 proposition. I think 99 puts you squarely on the bubble where your fate is probably in the committee's hands. Nine and nine probably gets you to Dayton, Ohio, to be quite honest. If you're Kansas state, I would think, um, now, if you want to do a little bit better than that, maybe be a little bit more comfortable, what I said on the last show was take care of your business at home, which would make you, at worst, 9-9, nine and nine, because you do have four home games remaining. I believe those are against BYU, TCU, Iowa State, and West Virginia. At least two of those will be quad one, perhaps three, depending on the frogs. Uh, I think that gets you squarely onto the bubble and into the conversation what I would encourage and what I suggested on our last show was that I think they probably need to steal a road game and preferably one that would be quad one. Like, but I think are, are the remaining road games probably all going to be quad one? Cool.
1: Yeah. I think every home, every, every road game at, at Texas, at KU at Cincinnati and what's at the port? at Butte Yeah. They're all, they're yeah. all locked, locked. They're all top, top 30. 10 or well, you only got to be top, you only got to be top 75 in the net for a road, yeah. But nobody's even, they're, yeah, they're not even close to falling out of that. Yeah, yeah.
2: Texas isn't right. Texas might be outside the 30. I'm
1: yeah, Tex, like, Texas is like probably like 40. I haven't, I, I checked earlier, they're, yeah, yeah, they're not gonna yeah.
2: fall that, that'll, that'll, that'll still be quad one. So, I, like I said, I would suggest getting a road win there. The crazy thing is that Cincinnati is number 30 in the net still, right? And, and this is probably an example of what KSU underscore fan always says, and he's really good about this. He, he really observes what the committee does year in and year out, that your raw net ranking matters much, much less than what you do, basically, in terms of quad one and quad two wins. He, he always says this, your net ranking, the committee doesn't necessarily use your net ranking. They use your net ranking to determine your quality of wins, like in the quad one. In Quad 2, which is pretty significant, and to check if you have any bad losses, any black eyes there in the Quad 3 and Quad 4. Now, K-State is close to two Quad 3 losses. They don't have any yet, but both Oklahoma State, USC, right, are on the brink, I would yeah. say. Yeah.
3: yeah. So you,
2: you, you hope those don't fall into the Quad 3 category. I doubt Oklahoma State does just because they're going to play good teams every game anyway. Yeah. But yes. USC could still, I think you would agree, could still fall into the quad three category.
1: Well, they're scuffling for sure. I don't know how they're going to get out of that. That's just one of those situations where it seems like the chemistry didn't work out. They had the talent. And, and uh Kansas War.
2: State, you played them at the wrong time.
1: And yeah, yeah. So uh, they just out-athleted you on that night. Yeah, then, uh, but
2: you know. I think you need to steal a Red win on top of taking care of business at home is at, at the end of the day is what I think for Kansas State. Now, BYU... Because you asked the significance of that. So, BYU is an opportunity opportunity to do that. I don't think it's one of their best opportunities. I think one of their best opportunities would be to win at Cincinnati. Yeah. Who I think is probably overinflated by the net. Um, still a solid team, but they're not they're not one of the 30 best teams in the country, in my opinion. Or Texas, just because they can't freaking win at home.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, Cincinnati's a really interesting team because I watch them and I'm like, you know, like I watched them play UCF at home a couple of weeks ago and they really struggled and then they ended up pulling it away. They took the lead late and they ended up winning by, I think, to- close to double figures or maybe even double figures. And I know they had been battling some sickness. Yet they go on the road, they won at BYU, and they went on the road and they won at Texas Tech. Yeah, But then they, they also, like, I don't know, and they, they hung close with KU and Lawrence as well they lost by five but yet they're kind of like a rugged defensive-minded team that i feel like it'll be a close game against and so, yeah i i feel like like if i was going to circle a game they have the best chance to win it would probably be cincinnati but i do think they have a fighter's chance well texas too texas sucks at home uh, you pointed that out yeah. yeah yeah you pointed that out and by the time k-state plays who knows how much energy is going to be in that it's- arena
2: I did, I did like the point you made out in our group chat, and everyone, we talk about our group chat a lot. People wish they probably could get into the group chat at this point. What? But uh, you said, like, Texas might be smart, right? Like, because if you're going to lose, you might as well lose that. Well, because if you win on the road, it, like, every every road win is a quad one win.
1: Well, they got, yeah. So, BY, Texas is 38th of the net, and they have four quad one wins. They have more quad one wins than Iowa State or BYU, yet BYU is set BYU's eighth in the net and Iowa State's ninth in the net but because Texas has been so good on the road they've racked up quad one wins as a result the interesting thing though about the net DY is Kansas State is six and eight in quad one and quad two games combined now they're two and four in quad one so to your point they need higher end wins like KU Baylor they need more of those types of wins those quad ones
2: which you're going to get that if you take care of business at home because of BYU and Iowa State
1: But the only reason I bring that up is because K State's six and eight in quad one and quad two. So 14 matchups against quad one and quad two opponents. You look at BYU, they're three and five in quad one and two and one in quad two. So they've only played eight, 11 quad one and quad two games compared to 14 for K State. And they only have five quad one. They have one less quad one and quad two combined win than K State. Yet BYU is eighth in the net and a lock in for the NCAA tournament because their metrics are so good. Because yeah. they're they're so efficient, but, but their seating is not great. If you what like are it. they projecting at? What, are, what are, like
2: a five, I've, six? I've seen six or seven a couple of times. Yeah. So uh, that 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 those that's what that'll hurt by you at some point, right? They get they got to start beating teams too.
1: Yeah, and I mean, look, you even look at Iowa State now with last night's win in Texas. They now got four quad one wins, but between quad one and quad two, Iowa State is six and five compared to 6-8 and for K-State. But again, Iowa State blew out teams in the non-con. K-State's metrics aren't nearly as good because of the close games against the North Alabamas of the world, the Oral Roberts, Chicago State. And
2: And at the same time, though, you have to also consider Iowa State's put themselves into the conversation at this point, especially with their remaining schedule. They don't have to go to Lawrence compared to Kansas and Houston's schedule. Iowa State can still win the B-12. Yeah,
1: no, they they absolutely could. They have big wins against Houston, KU, on their home court, and then obviously the win at Texas last night, and they were right there with Baylor at the end of the and game.
2: The, and the schedule favors them. They're already one game ahead of KU, I believe, at this point. So,
1: And they don't have to go to Lawrence, right?
2: Right, right. They all have to go to Lawrence, which is funny to me, though. Like, they, their fans were complaining that they don't get to go to Lawrence. I'm like, that gives you a path to the Big
1: 12 title this year what do we have to do to beg the big 12 to not send K state to Lawrence ever? I mean, I'm fine with that. Would, would we get pissed about that? I don't even know. No, really would. <laughs> no, no. I would never be mad about that. I, I'd be I would Go send Brett, your mark, a, a gift card. If they, uh, if they well, wanted to yeah, keep if, if you only get to host K KU K state would yeah. throw a freaking parade down. would think everybody in the big 12 would be thrilled if they could avoid Kansas and Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah. So you'd be nuts. If you, if you wanted to do that. Uh, anyways, uh, all right. Well, as always, uh, before we go to break, uh, we got to tell you about our friends at Homefield Apparel. As we uh, we just did a little bracketology talk to start things off here, but uh, want to tell you about Homefield, who's got everything you can want from K State items, hoodies, t-shirts, even a bomber jacket with Pennant Willie, lavender bomber jacket, just sweet stuff. Retro logos—that's their style. They've got every logo throughout the K State history. Pennant Willie, Sailor Willie. I don't believe cocaine Willie is the proper name of it. I've been told, but uh, you know that that's what I. Uh, a lot of people tend to call it. They've got that too all over a lot of their gear. Sleek retro stuff. Uh, anything that meets your what what you're looking for, go rock some home field apparel. So go to homefieldapparel.com, and uh, you can score 15% off as always with discount code three maw twenty three when you go to checkout. So go to homefieldapparel.com shop the more than 40 items at K-State they have on their website or you can choose from over 100 other colleges if he's so inclined like D.Y. who rocks a lot of different colleges from home field and apparel and score 15% off with discount code 3-1-23. We'll be back right after this to talk some Cougars and uh, K-State on Saturday night.
0: We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest-ranked Chiefs Podcast Network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. KCSN.Substack.com KCSN.Substack.com
4: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
1: All right, D.Y., you just want me to throw it to you for some BYU talk. You want to give me the breakdown? They love uh, love the three ball, right? I'm I'm not crazy, right? They love the three ball. You're not crazy at all. In fact, BYU attempts 33 threes per game. (laughs) They are number two nationally in three-point rate. So they out of their field goal attempts, 51% of BYU's field goal attempts come from three. That's number two in the nation in three-point rate. Uh, They're number four nationally at assist rate, assisting on 64.3% of their made field goal attempts. There's 36% from three. So they shoot a lot of threes and 36% is good, but that ranks 60th nationally. What's interesting about them, D.Y., they are 59% on twos, which ranks fifth in the country per Bart Torvik. So really efficient on the inside and at two pointers, but they also, they shoot such a heavy volume of threes. And look, they very well may get a lot of good two-point looks because so many teams are looking to run them off the three-point line because they shoot it well from three and they shoot such a high volume from the perimeter. But a, a very deep team, a very balanced team, a difficult offense to defend. They're 12th nationally in effective field goal percentage offense, 56.6%. Um, you know They, they aren't going to turn it over a ton. Now, the, the interesting thing about them is, D.Y., they are 361st out of 362 teams at free throw rate at 21.5%. So this is not a team that gets to the free throw line.
2: And that's a big, big deal because the single most important stat this year for Kansas State in terms of wins and losses has been what? The free throw line.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's we did the numbers just last week. In their five league losses, they've been outshot 15 attempts per game at the free throw line.
2: And shout out to to KSU underscore fan, who was the first one that started to Unwind that that you know yarn, so to speak. And Coach Tang even mentioned it. Yeah, the free throw line and second chance points is a big one too.
1: Yeah, and it's big because BYU can shoot it pretty well from the free throw line, but they just don't get there much. And uh, and on the defensive end, they're 104th in free throw rate allowed. And, and so, sometimes,
2: and sometimes basketball can be a, all about matches, right? It's what they talk about in the NCAA tournament. Folks have mentioned this. I mentioned this on this very show already, but it's why BYU was able to just like take care of Iowa State almost with ease just because of the matchups. Like what's important to BYU, they could e- easily dominate Iowa State in that department, right? And I was talking about the 3 point line versus in the pain where Iowa State likes to defend the most. If you want to dive into that, like this is a really good matchup for K-State because. Outside of a couple of games this year, and I think you, you might be able to attest. I might be crazy. K State does defend a three point line pretty well.
1: I mean, I think so. I mean, KU was three of fifteen from three. That was uh twenty percent. They shot a season tied for a season worse. Actually it was a season worst yep. from three. Now a couple of those were looks that they they probably normally make. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think K State has been solid at three point defense, defending the the arc and the perimeter and you know, BYU moves the ball well. I mentioned their assist rate. And so they don't look like the most athletic guys in the world when you're watching them, but they really move it well. And so you got to, you got to pull the sound. That's stereotype?
2: Defense. Why is that? Is that a
1: stereotype there? <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not a, well, okay, look, they've got, they, they've got oh. a big, they've got a big man, uh, Ali. Th- they've got a big man transfer from Charlotte. Let me just make sure I get his last name right. Cause I've watched him play Ali Khalifa, right? And DY I'm telling you when you watch this guy, he's a 6 foot 11 junior center transfer for Charlotte he's averaging six points per game, averages 4.4 rebounds, but he also averages 4.3 assists because he they, they he passes the ball really well. He's a guy that really sees the floor well he passes it well out of the post and also out of pick and pop situations. He's played 82 games in his career. We'll get into the player by player breakdown of BYU's roster. But I'm just telling you, like he's a, he's like in a, kind of a heavy set center. It doesn't really move. Looks like it. It's a struggle I've for him to him. get up and down the floor. Okay, you've seen him.
2: I, I've seen him, and you're you're right. But you were talking across the board. I'm
1: just—they're right? they're not the like. I mean, they they get to like clearly they get to the rim and they get good looks. I mean, they are a very fundamentally sound team. I think Mark.
2: No, he looks like he belongs like as a center on a football team. Like. He,
1: yeah, and I mean, they, they Mark Pope's a really good coach. Uh, you know, I'm impressed with with a lot of the things they do. But I think another key part, dy with them in this matchup, is we know k struggled with turnovers. BYU, in terms of turnover rate forced, ranks 215th nationally with a 16.7 percent turnover rate. Over. No, not, nothing to add to that. Uh, yeah, uh, so that that's a uh, that's a key aspect of this. At- yeah, but but I will say like I don't think it matters what what a team
2: ranks in terms of a rape force. Like in-state's going to turn it over. Like I think I feel like that's just something that's not stopping. But they they can win in spite of it. Like I just I hate it too, but it's just it's not determining outcomes that much
1: for them. Well, here's the other one that's a key you learn how to learn.
2: As an example, sorry to cut you off. K-State just got bl- blasted on second cha- or on points off turnovers, 21-8 to 8 by KU. Didn't matter.
1: Yeah. Well, it felt like it mattered at various points when I was watching some of those turnovers. Yes, I mean,
2: yes, yes. It's infuriating while you watch it. It's just
1: not a stat that's dictating the outcome for K-State for some reason. Yeah, uh, but wasn't it last year when their turnover rate hit a certain mark? Like, if they got it to a certain point, and t- I think it was a- Jerome Tang had said if they turned it over 15 yeah, times year. less last year, last they didn't year. lose. Last year was
2: the determinative. This year, it's not. This year, it's free throw rate and what well, offense, the, like their defensive rebounding effectiveness, rate, right? Their offensive rebounding read aloud.
1: Yeah. Well, well that hits on the next point. The other key matchup, rebounding. BYU is uh, 40th nationally in offensive rebounding percentage of 34%. Oh, rebounding rate, but that makes you cringe a little. Yeah. But they are really good defensive rebounding BY. And K State's been a really good offensive rebounding team. BYU is ninth in the country in defensive K-State's
2: rebounding. K State's not good on the defensive class.
1: But they did
2: keep KU off the offensive class.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean K State was good on the defensive glass against the Jayhawks. Um and K State does they, they crash the offensive boards and they've been pretty good there, but BYU is ninth in the country in defensive rebounding percentage. So that's gonna be another key thing. And then other thing I'll mention, D.Y., look, BYU has a lot of firepower offensively. I mentioned earlier. In fact, let's see what their uh, – first of all, it's a BYU team that beat a good San Diego State team at home. I mentioned they beat Iowa State. They dominated Iowa State 87-72 to 72 in Provo. And
2: Yeah, and, and the only thing – I will qualify the C- – San Diego State is good, but I will qualify San Diego State the same way I would qualify for Florida Atlantic. Maybe they're getting bored this year, but those two teams that were in the final four and brought a lot of firepower back are not as consistent this year for some reason at the moment.
1: Yeah. BYU is number 11 in Ken Palm, number 11 overall team in Ken Palm rankings. They have the number 10 offense and the number 26 defense. Actually, pretty solid defensively. They hold teams to 30% from three. That ranks 20th in the country, and they hold teams to 47% on twos. That ranks 59th in the country. Now their block percentage at the rim defensively is seven and a half percent. That ranks 266 in the 260th in the country. So you get in there, they're not going to block a lot of your shots or challenge those shots necessarily. Uh, and then they're eighth in the country offensively at block percentage allowed at six percent. So when they get in there offensively, opponents really are not blocking their shots at a high rate, which explains probably how good they've been from two, which I mentioned earlier. They're fifth in the country in two point percentage. The other thing I'll mention in that Iowa State game, you mentioned it earlier, D. Y. and how well they shot, and I can't remember if it was off air at the beginning of the show, but they scored 87 on Iowa State. We know that Iowa State is one of the top five defenses in the country. And against Iowa State, BYU averaged 1.27 points per possession. The most Iowa State had allowed in a game this entire season to date is 1.11 points per possession outside of that BYU game. So uh, just... They can they can get it going, but they also have games like Cincinnati in Provo where they only score sixty. So you can live get them in some clunkers. Live by the three, die by the three. Last night against Oklahoma, well, we're recording this on Wednesday night, but on uh, on Tuesday night in Norman, BYU got beat eighty-two to sixty-six. They hit some shots, but not at the rate that they would like. So, anyways. Um, well, hey, we'll uh, we'll do a little bit more BYU talk when we uh, we come back from another break here, but uh, we'll dive into maybe some of the individual breakdowns of the players and give you guys a little bit more education on the Cougars heading into a big matchup in Provo. But first, we got to tell you about DraftKings looking for a super offer for Super Bowl Fifty Eight. DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn five bucks into two hundred instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook and official sports betting partner Super Bowl 58 with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778 HOPE NY or text HOPE NY 467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit CCPG.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
0: We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. kcsn.substack.com substack.com Get that phone number right, Cole. Uh,
1: <laughs> I do my best. You guys might notice that I slow down when I'm reading that uh, and uh, try to get that right. There's a lot of numbers in there. I want to make sure I get it right for our guys at DraftKings, our guys and girls at DraftKings. Great folks. Over there, go check them out as you uh, you get ready and place some Super Bowl bets, prop bets, whatever it is you so choose. D.Y., just go through a quick individual breakdown of this BYU roster. They are A very deep balanced team so they have seven guys that average nine points or more they have six guys that average double figures their top eight guys the thing you're going to notice about BYU when I go through these guys they're very experienced it doesn't surprise you with BYU historically football basketball sports they have older guys on their team or older girls so they're they're an older veteran team their top eight guys and their rotation have combined to play in 658 games I mentioned they attempt 33 threes per game. They have six guys who shoot 34% or better from three. They have five who shoot 36% or higher from beyond the arc. Um, you know their leading scorer is 6'7", senior wing Jackson Robinson, former four-star recruit. Started his career at Texas A&M, then went to Arkansas, been at BYU the past two years. He averages 13 and a half points per game. Shoots better than 36% from threes, from three, 59% of his field goal attempts on the year are three-point attempts. He shoots nearly seven a game from beyond the arc. He's played in 84 career games. Junior Trevin Nell, six-five shooting guard, 43% from three on nearly six three-point attempts per game. He averages more than 11 points per contest. And their loss to Cincinnati, just to give you an example of how hot he can get from beyond the arc, he was 9 of 14 from three in that game. 102 games in his career. He's a career 40 40% three-point shooter on 369 attempts from beyond the arc. Six-five guard Spencer Johnson played in 108 games, averaged nearly 11 points per game, five and a half rebounds, three and a half assists, 31% from three on nearly five attempts per game. So he's one of the guys that has shoot it as well from three, but he can still knock it down. Traor, he's a six-foot-six junior center, averages better than 10 points per contest on 63% shooting, 4.6 rebounds. He's played in 80 career games, started all 33 games for BYU last year, averaged 13 points per game on 61% shooting, eight rebounds per game. Also a really good free throw shooter, career 76%, 84% this season, specifically from the line. I know it's just getting long-winded here. 6'11 forward Noah Waterman played in 90 career games, averaging 10 points per contest, shooting 38% from three, more than five attempts per game from beyond the arc. 371 of his 545 career field goal attempts are threes. So that's 68%. So he's a pick and pop guy that's going to look to shoot it from the perimeter. And then Richie Saunders, 6'5 sophomore guard, 56 games his career, nearly 10 or averaging 10 points per game on 53% shooting from the floor. So a very efficient shooter. Overall, 63 of 96 on twos, 66% on twos. He's a 6'5 sophomore guard. And then Dalen Hall, Dalen Hall, I'm sorry, 6'4 sophomore point guard with 56 games in his career, averaging more than nine points, five assists, shooting 46% from the floor and 39% from three. And I already rattled off Khalifa's stats to you, the 6'11 junior center earlier. So what'd you take away from that, DY? They're, they're deep. <laughs> yeah. They're deep. They're balanced. They got a lot of veteran guys, experienced guys. They all can shoot the ball for the most part. Um, and so everybody kind of just feels interchangeable when you watch BYU. I've watched a decent number of their games, and any given night it feels like it can be one guy who goes off. And so it'll be a really interesting game. I mean, Treyor is really the only guy that scares me in the post, DY. Um, you know, so that's gonna be really interesting because he's 6 foot 6 but he's like he's a thicker like really strong low to the ground type center that has been really effective but you know K-State will probably put Will McNair on him he's not a guy that's going to try and pick and pop so uh i think K-State's bigs can be effective and length can affect Treor and then you know we'll see how Cam Carter and and the other guys Kaluma how their length can affect these guys but i say length I mean, one of the things I noticed, DY, when I went through, like as I was reading off their numbers to you and their profiles, these guys, they, they're bigger guards. I mean, most of their guards are 6'4, 6'5. Yeah,
2: we'll see how it goes. Uh, well, I guess, like you mentioned, Kansas State's probably going to be the more athletic team. They'll have a little bit more length, probably, especially in the front court, maybe not so much the back court as you alluded to. But BY, is finding a way. It's a tough place to play. Does K State have a KU hangover too? That that's something to keep in mind.
1: Well, how, and I mean, how how important is it that they have this extra day playing yes. on Big Monday?
2: It's it's important. It's very significant because you probably get Tyler Perry two days rest too, right? I bet they took. I bet they didn't even re- recording this on Wednesday night. I bet they didn't practice today. I'll be honest. Yes. I bet they took two days of practice on. I bet they took Tuesday and Wednesday off. Or if, if they did anything, it was very, very light, um, especially for Tyler Perry and Cam Carter. Those guys played 44, 45 minutes on Monday. So it was great to get a day off, but guess what? You had to play five extra minutes anyway. So uh, I don't I do know. I but I, I, think, I think the KU hangover is a real conversation because – and I don't mean to run this team down after a significant win. But they haven't shown the consistency or the maturity this year. I mean, Jerome Tang himself said after the Stillwater, after losing in Stillwater, that this team picks and chooses kind of when they want to turn it on, right? When they want to lock it. And, and he said it after the KU win that... They told on themselves, right? This is what you're capable of. And you haven't done that up until this point. Or you haven't done that in some games up until this point. Until they prove to me that they have the maturity to bring in every night, to lock in every night, to engage every night. Then I'm not going to dismiss the possibility of a KU angle. I'm not.
1: Yeah, you know, I we'll see. It kind of gave them the chance to hit the reset button. That win over KU, I get it was a very emotional victory for them. I'm hoping that it being on a Monday night and having that extra well, day, yeah, let's hope. Yeah, let's hope. yeah. Let's hope. Yeah, we, we didn't see it. Everything we've seen up to this
2: point tells us that we should not give them the benefit of the doubt.
1: But but what I will say, I mean, they they, they could have won at Tech. They were right there to win that, but and hey, they it. were. And they were right that they were in a position. They were tied with Iowa State with four minutes left in Ames, which most right. people aren't in that position. And so, I'll
2: tell you, my my initial thoughts is the BYU loss is going to look similar to the
1: Texas Tech or Iowa State. Man, but what a win it would be! I mean, if they win that oh, game, yeah. I mean, if if they won that game, D.Y., I I think they, I know Joe Lenardi currently hasn't likes the twelfth team out, but I think if they beat BYU, I think they would be in the tournament if the season ended at that day. I mean, they they would have seven quad one and quad twos with three quad ones. They would have the same number of quad ones as BYU. Uh, I don't know what their net would shoot. Road wins mean a lot more to your net. Like, you saw it, right? K-State only went from 83 to 79 in the overall net rankings, which don't matter as much. But but K-State didn't even play last night, bumped up to 77. Yeah, they moved up a couple spots, and, and we're recording this on Wednesday night, and what Providence does at home against Creighton and what Villanova... which. Bad podcasting here because it's five minutes left in the game and you guys won't hear this, but they're tied at fifty at Xavier Villanova is and Villanova if they got yeah. on a tear, yeah, I mean, well not yeah, I mean, Xavier was a terrible loss. I don't think if the Xavier's forty eighth in the net, so oh. it actually it would actually uh, I know they're only twelve they're twelve and ten, but <laughs> uh, if they actually if Villanova won that game, they'd probably get up into the thirties in the net again. And Villanova if they go on a hot streak, they could get into quad one territory. I mean,
2: yeah, but that tells you and. In- and I, and people really got, people really sacked Terrence Oglesby hard. He's, they call him T.O. He's on the field yeah. network because of what he said about the big 12. But his logic was not flawed when he, when he kind of ran down the big 12. And I'll be honest, he's one of my favorite guys to listen to on that network. Probably is my favorite guy yep. to listen to on that network. And, and going after the net and all this other stuff. Yeah, it's not good for the Big 12, but it's good for college basketball because you just painted a perfect picture. Why are Xavier and Villanova around the top 40 when they're both sitting there 12 and 10?
1: Well, Villanova, you know, they did beat a lot of. They, they, they had that strength. Of,
2: they lost a lot of shit teams in <laughs> Philadelphia, too. <laughs> they yeah, they lost- I, I, get, I get what you're saying, but I get what you're saying, and I know you're going to want to defend it. But there is no defending some of these teams. Like you can't tell me Xavier is better than Kansas State. Oh no, no. Right. Like, but, like you're you're, you're but, talking but, to somebody that rails on the net all the time. I hate them. Yeah, yeah, right. But Xavier is almost forty spots ahead of Kansas State in the net. Like that's preposterous.
1: Yeah, I I don't like the net at all. I I hate that it rewards blowing teams out. Your yeah. efficiency but, metric. But that's why, I that's why
2: I'm defending To from the. Yeah, from the oh, I like what he was saying. He's a great listen, by the way. Yeah, no, he's and really some good. Of those other guys are a little he's great and I know people hate him because he tried to take a shot at the big 12, but the logic that he was using was not flawed. And he's right that it's almost become a manipulation game and it's wrong. Yeah. It's wrong. Iowa state's been benefiting from it. Be what does anyone really think BYU is one of the top 10 teams in the country?
1: I don't know. I don't want to talk. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, get any bulletin board material out there to the Cougars yet uh, until K-State's got to play them twice. Um, uh, no, I mean, I think BYU's solid, but uh, I think they get, they're they a top 25 team, potentially. So <laughs> Nick's right. BYU fans are going to clip our, that that segment there to say that. A lot of respect for BYU guys. I like BYU fans and everyone, so no issues there. Um, all right. Well, do you have anything else, D.Y.? you you going to throw a prediction out there? It's probably not going to be a win after what you just said, though. You no, to I, see I, it to I, I think I
2: think it looks similar to Ames or Lubbock where Kansas State makes it a <laughs> hey, 38
1: to 40 mega game, but loses. You know what? I think K State's gonna win this game. And man, it's gonna be a late night. I'm gonna have our time going to sleep after You know, we got a nine o'clock tip in Provo and uh at the same time as the KU game did. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, but it's Saturday night. Uh, but,
2: yeah, well, geez. Do you know what time I stopped working the KU game? Like, was hey, like 3, 4 a.m. And then I had football press conferences the following morning.
1: You know what time I got home taxiing John Kurtz home, uh, you know, as he sat there on his phone riding home with me? I mean, we got home at 1.30 and then I was up probably till 2.30 and then I got up with my kids at 6. Um but, you know, it was worth it, so... Uh... You know, I
2: mean, it's all worth it. it. It's always worth it. I have a great job. I'm not...
1: Yeah, no, I know.
2: ...the job. I, uh, I, you know, I had, I had a child, obviously, was telling me, like, what job would you would you have if you couldn't have your own? And I couldn't think of one. I, this is yeah. the job I want, so I should stop saying that. <laughs> no, was, you're good. It was a late night, and it was an early morning.
1: Well, we're gonna have an active day, active weekend, because we got the Chiefs Super Bowl on Sunday. I know you're not, you're not I mean, probably, you know, I kind to probably, you know. Well,
2: not, I'll tell you what, the Chiefs better handle the Forty Nine ers because the Packers about beat them three weeks ago in the playoffs.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's First the field goal,
2: right? Then we hit the field goal off the upright.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Uh, missed the field goal. You know, it is the biggest. You know, the other important thing, it's the biggest. It's the biggest day in the history of Iowa State athletics. What did you say I, do,
2: I I do like uh our producer kind of coined
1: a nickname here Brock turdy I like that. I mean it's I, I can't think of a bigger day for cyclone athletics in this uh, one.
2: but I I can't here's what I will say and I will be putting some money on the Chiefs on Draftkings our sponsor obviously because the Chiefs had the better quarterback and to be honest contrary to popular belief out there the Chiefs had the better defense
1: yeah. No, I think you're right. The 49ers don't have the, uh, they have a reputation of a good defensive team. but They haven't been nearly as good this year. You know, they've still got some talent on that side of the ball. Anyways, uh, all right. Well, hey, be on the lookout. We might try to, uh, to swing another show that w- this week. That's news to Nick producing this, This, by the way. So shout out to Nick Springer, our producer. who has to always sit here and listen to this. Nick, we, we, we can, uh, we'll figure that out. We'll let you know. But uh, it might have a guest on, and maybe that guest can tell us about uh, – we'll talk off-air on it, Nick, but maybe that guest can talk about what the uh, the schedule was this week. Might be out of some intel on that. So we'll keep you posted. Stay on the lookout on the KCSN feed. He's, and he's uh, Yeah, yeah nah, don't worry, Nick. It'll be fine. So uh, anyways, I think KSA wins against BYU. I'm predicting a close win. I think KSA shoots it well, and uh, looking forward to a fun game. In Provo on Saturday night in a fun weekend. So uh, keep the good vibes going. And then KSA goes into a bye week after two and a week with two huge wins. So uh, that's my prediction, and uh, I'm going to stick to it. So uh, hopefully it comes out that way and comes to fruition. All right. I appreciate all you guys for listening to another episode of Three Mall. We'll get John Kurtz back someday. Uh, he's better at hosting this stuff than me. We certainly miss John as he's the, uh, the far talented host. So I know, appreciate you guys putting up with me trying to tee things up here with DY so yeah yeah i've heard john take shots at me when i'm not yeah, on I,
2: I mean I, I mean, I can i can also talk crap on john because i know he's not gonna listen to this so
1: yeah no you won't yeah kurt says to listen to us so i <laughs> appreciate all you guys for listening to us though uh as always go check out holiday distillery get stocked up with ben holiday bottled and bond bourbon or 360 vodka go check out download the DraftKings sports betting app get your bets placed for DraftKings. uh try to win some money this weekend with the super bowl college basketball etc And uh, go get your home field apparel at homefieldapparel.com. Discount code 3MALL23 at checkout. Appreciate all of you. Thank you for listening to another episode of 3MALL.
3: Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. mypatriotsupply.com